0: Welcome to the Trinity Force podcast. Our sponsor is Moxie and Zen. If you head over to moxieandzen.com tforce and use the code tforce, you can get 20% off of your order on premium, high quality, and inexpensive boxers. They're made from bamboo to help wick away the sweat, which leaves you feeling fresh. Also, make sure to check out our Patreon, where we have a multitude of different perks, Anyone that signs up for the $5 tier will receive first dibs on any and all tournaments that we host. We'll send out an early access email so you can be at the front of the line to sign up and get onto the rift. The $10 tier will grant you access to special interviews or podcasts that we do. Additionally, $10 will grant you one replay review per month from the podcaster of your choice. Just download the replay file and send it to us via email or private Discord message. With the replay review, you'll get the insight and expertise that the podcasters bring, which will help you optimize each phase of the game. The $15 tier will unlock one live coaching session per month from the podcaster of your choice. Let us know who you'd like to talk to, and we'll set up a way for you to stream your game to them as a member of the podcast walks you through your game. And finally, the $50 tier we'll grant you a one-time guest spot on the podcast where you will be able to give your input on the show agenda and be live on the podcast with the rest of the Trinity Force crew. The money that we collect from Patreon not only helps keep the lights on, but helps to pay for better equipment and promotional materials. If you have any questions for the crew, shoot us an email at uh, questions at Podcast.com. You can also head over to our website, www.trinityforcenetwork.com. There you can find a link for our Discord, old episodes, and other Trinity Force Network podcasts. You can also visit our subreddit, r slash tforcenetwork, our Twitter, at tforcenetwork, our YouTube page, youtube.com slash c Forest trinityforcepodcast, or on Twitch at twitch.tv slash podcast where we're regularly streaming tournaments, community game nights, other league games the podcasters are playing and even other games occasionally. Finally, on Tuesday nights, make sure to join us in our Discord at 7:15 p.m. Eastern Standard Time where we will be playing and often streaming on Twitch, community game night for some fun pre-made games and in-house custom matches. Hey everyone, your host NA Eric here. Quick announcement. On the last Saturday of March, the 25th, we will be partnering with the low-budget LCS, LBLCS, and throwing a tournament. This tournament will be a 5v5 Summoner's Rift tournament, which will be played in tournament draft style, just like we do in Customs on Community Game Nights and in previous tournaments, and will be single elimination. There are no special rules. Whoever wins will face off against the podcasters in a Nemesis Draft game. For those of you who do not know, Nemesis Draft is when you pick the champions of your opponents rather than yourselves. If it's well-received, we might do a whole tournament in the future where every match is Nemesis Draft. This tournament will take place at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, it will start, on Saturday, March 25th, and teams will be posted roughly one week before the tournament to afford everyone ample time to get in touch with their teammates, ask questions, and scout the enemy teams. Teams will be created and balanced by the infamous algorithm. Good luck, and we look forward to seeing you on the Rift.
1: Welcome to the Trinity Force Podcast. Yo, it's that Tri-Force cast beaming straight to your home. Grab a beer so we know Pony ain't drinking alone. Send an email, a quick tweet, just pick up the phone. Leave a message, at the beep. If you're a creep, watch your tone. Discuss the meta game patch notes, whatever helps your stats most. Obi-Pone Kenobi is your last hope to snatch gold. So grab your headphones and join in the fun. We'll try enforcing some jokes and some cringeworthy puns. Yo, we can make it together,
0: people the Trinity Force podcast These boys are second to none But well, that's the end of the intro It's time we be begun Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 797 of the Trinity Force podcast. I'm your host, as always, N.A. Eric, and tonight we're talking Aurelian Soul. Yes, the champion that has the exact same lore as before so you don't get to hear me nerd out about his lore. But the champion's gameplay has been completely redone, so we'll talk all about that, as well as the Jarvan buff, which we missed from uh, last patch. It was not in the provisional notes. It was removed from there, but it did end up going through, so we'll talk about that as well. And, uh, yeah, so... But before we get into business, um, I guess one thing at the top of business, then we'll chat a little bit, gents, is we were still looking for an additional host, Um, If you are interested in becoming one of us, one of the legendary Trinity Force podcasters, then uh, reach out to me in the Discord server, or you can just email a short audio clip of yourself talking about why you want to join us and one specific patch note that you think is impactful or not impactful, and explain why. We just want to hear how you think about it and why you want to join us. So submit that to questions at TrinityForcePodcast.com. Uh, or if you have further questions about anything like that, reach out to me via uh, the Discord, and you can find me in there. So, um, yeah. And, uh, John, how are you doing, buddy? Doing great. You're back. I am. Are you feeling I'm better? Feeling you were excellent. out sick. You- are you feeling like you have happy health? Oh, most definitely.
2: <laughs> definitely a happy health little moment over here.
0: Glad <laughs> to hear it. Glad to hear it. Yeah. What you been up to then in the last, like, uh, two weeks since we talked to you?
2: Uh, a little league. Uh, been playing a lot of Sekiro. Been enjoying that a lot. Um, just grinding that a bunch. Also been playing uh, Fallen Order. Trying to figure finally finished that before the uh the new one comes out so
0: i've been playing a bunch of different games yeah before before jedi survivor when does that drop i think it's like
2: middle of march or something like that
0: let's see i remember uh scheduled to release april 28th it says i don't remember i didn't i thought it was in march as well but i do know that I thought it was playing for, like, March 10th or something. Whatever. But I've... uh, I'm taking the day off whenever that comes out. And I'm just going to play it. I'm taking the day off. Yeah,
2: work. it might have been March. Because, yeah. I remember it being in March. But they might have pushed it back. But,
0: but yeah. I mean... Yeah, so then I might need to change the out-of-office on my calendar. <laughs> for sure. It's, I've been enjoying that game a lot. It's a lot uh,
2: more chill than Sekiro. But I have been enjoying Sekiro a lot. I love the uh, the sword play in that game. And the pairing and... Deflection feels so good in that game. It's super satisfying too once you get it down and get the patterns down of the bosses and the enemies and stuff. But it feels like a. It's super interesting because it feels like a, almost like a rhythm, more than anything. Like a like playing like a drum or something, when you're playing because yeah, it's like it's a like lot like of you're, you're in the flow of battle. Yeah, because it's a lot of like anticipation of their attack parrying, and then knowing how many times to parry before you attack, and then attacking, but knowing when to stop attacking. But also there's a lot of attacks where you can't... Uh, like, parrying it will break your stance really easily and leave you, like, open to attack. So you have to know when to jump or dodge also, so it doesn't... uh But then there's very... Like, almost in every situation... Pairing is the best option but you have to know the few circumstances against certain enemies when that's not optimal so there's a lot of nuance with the different enemies you fight too which can be really frustrating but
0: also feels great sounds a lot like play sounds a lot like playing fiora to me <laughs> yeah for
2: sure a lot of dueling
0: yeah a lot of dueling. You got to know when to parry and which direction to parry and who to try and hit with it and which ability are you using it on and yeah, when to queue, which direction and stuff. When to flash if you're taking that. Yeah, it sounds like it. But I'm glad you're enjoying that yeah. game. That one, I remember watching a YouTube video not that long ago and it was of like uh, game ranks. It was from their website, I think it was uh, like you know some of the top games to or some of the games with the most replay value. And that one was on there. So when you beat it, uh, I don't want to say what, but I would highly encourage you to go back through and go through, like, I think it's, like, you know, game plus or, like, replay through it. Um, because uh, have you played through Sekiro before? No, I haven't. Okay, well, I, the only reason I, I don't know, like, what story things change? I believe some th- story things change, but I do know. Have you unlocked a grappling hook yet?
2: Yeah, you get the grappling hook pretty early on.
0: Okay, so maybe that wasn't it. There's something else about. Uh, oh, I remember. I remember what it is. But they. Oh, I, I think it was that they turned the the difficulty down afterwards. So then you can just breeze through it and enjoy the story more and not be worrying constantly about learning the attack patterns of everything there's probably more to it as well i think there's some story changes as well but i'd encourage you to look it up and check it out because that sounds like you know a lot of games don't have extra stuff when you um when you go through it but uh that one definitely seemed like yeah
2: definitely at the beginning of the game i i get what you're saying there because it's like uh i mean you're like trying to focus on the story, but also, like, if you've also previously been in a, uh, like, intense moment in the game, you're just sitting there, like, in a kind of unusual spot because it's, you've just been in an intense moment, you're like, oh. <laughs> you can't even, like, really enjoy I guess, like, some of that stuff for what it is, like, some of the cutscenes and stuff, because you're, like, just kind of on edge a little bit.
0: Yeah, so imagine if they, like, have the difficulty, or turned it down by a third, and then you can really, you know, take it in for the the narrative experience that it is. The game is beautiful. That's too. my understanding about what they do. It just looks good. It looks beautiful. It looked really good when I've seen some footage about it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Everything going well work wise and everything like yeah. that. Yeah. Everything's good. Cool. Cool, cool. glad to hear it. Bomo, how are you doing, man? By the way, I just need to say right before you say anything that when you've taken a couple drinks of whatever you're drinking, the drink is completely hollow and it looks like you're pick you're just like like miming drinking. Mm. That's what it looked like.
1: Oh, that's really <laughs> weird. Yeah. I have been pretty good. Uh I ended my loss, oh my, my win streak at 10, 11 games or something. Um so I went from like gold 3 up to promos into platinum um on my win streak and so it was pretty good week of League. I'm a little, what, gold one, like 50-some LP right now. I, I lost three games today, and so I'm sticking with kind of the three-block um, game so, that's, so I don't tilt Q and lose further. But, yeah, it's been pretty good. <clears throat> all my champions have been feeling... All my champions. My two champions I've been playing have been feeling pretty good. Um, definitely feel like I... Even if I get down in laning phase, I feel like I'm still pretty useful just because I know how to play the champion really well. Um, mm-hmm. And so when I, when I win lane, I pretty much hard carry the games, but, you know, so those pesky junglers just coming into my lane and ruining the entire lane for me has been suboptimal. So it's, it's, it's kind of a, a learning game, I guess, playing around all those specific... Uh, ganks and i've actually had pretty good 1v2 moments from those ganks so i definitely feel like i am playing pretty well um right now and so everything everything seems to be going fine um i started the season what like 3 and 7 and now i'm what 28 and 22 so brought it back up pretty quickly that 10 win streak did help a lot but i'm hoping to get to plat in a couple weeks we'll see And then from there, actually just try grinding. Um, I think I have a champion in mind I want to introduce as my third champion. (laughs) Um, And we're actually going to talk about him in a couple minutes, so I can bring that up a little bit later. But yeah, I think I I have a third champion for climbing solo queue now.
0: And so to that point, I was checking because that was the bonus question of the week that we put out there a couple weeks ago, our last episode. Mm -hmm. And uh, I already told you what Fenrir said off-air. Uh, off he said Sivir mid. But I've looked through and we have a couple additional ones. So you should pick up Cassiopeia as uh, your ranged character. Heavy scaling damage, outplay potential, and the ability to use Seraph's Roa very well. Um, and then the other one, Crush, said that you should play Oriana because she's absolutely fitting the niche you're looking to fill with a control mage centered around teamfighting and uh, has decent laning. Uh, and that can do things to the front line as well. So that's those are the two additional ones from listeners. Haven't you played Cassie Pia before? Didn't you pick her up? Yeah, a bit? I played. I tried? played
1: both Cass and Oriana um, like last season. Well, so I picked up Cass at the preseason of last year, but <clears throat> the meta was pretty rough for her. She was just getting outranged by like Victor and mages like that. So I, I pretty much dropped her, but I did play her a lot and Orianna I've always kind of played. I just dropped her last season cuz it just I didn't wasn't having any fun, especially with the phase rush nerfs on her. I I wasn't really enjoying it. Um but yeah, I was thinking about bringing her back cuz she did get buffed, but um yeah, I don't know, I just kind of stopped playing her in general. So, but yeah, I did play both of them for a pretty good amount of time.
0: Okay. Well, keep them coming, listeners. If you have a champion, a ranged mage-style champion that you think that Bomo should play, keep them coming because there was a reward. And while I can't remember the exact what it was, uh, we once we find which one sticks, we will reannounce it and dole out said reward.
1: $25 worth of RP.
0: Oh, there you go, then. Cool. There we go. Okay. Outside of league, everything going well, Bomo?
1: Yeah. Um, cooked some food for the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, spoilers. What'd you make? Oh, um, what did I make? I made a, a smoked salmon dip. I Ooh. made a garlic knots from scratch. Um, I made vegetarian pinwheels. Um, pinwheels are like those wraps that are cut up into like little sushi rolls, essentially. Um, okay. So I put like cucumber, bell pepper, cabbage, red onions, and stuff in that. Um, made meatballs from scratch and. Uh,
0: what kind of seasonings did you put in with the meatballs? I use like. And what kind of what what cut of meat did you use? As I well? used the
1: half and half of ground turkey and ground pork, and I used nice. like the classic Italian seasoning stuff with like rosemary, thyme, basil, oregano, and stuff like that um and i think i made one more thing but i'm forgetting oh and deviled eggs so those are a little bit on the healthier side i guess so no chicken wings this time but it was pretty good um yeah
0: nice if you if you like snl or if anyone likes snl and they uh like uh wings and stuff with the super bowl in the most recent episode of saturday night Night Live for those who don't know what SNL is. Uh, But when um, oh, what's what's his name? Uh, Who's the the main person in the Last of Us show? Like, oh my god, Pedro, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah, he was the guest Mm -hmm. on it. It was great. But there was a there was a skit where it was um, like Wing Pit or whatever is what they called it. It was hilarious. Just it was. I don't even want to give anything away. Because it just keeps escalating with like wings and sauces, and I, I don't, I don't even want to, I don't want to do anything because I was cracking up at it. So go watch that at all if you want a good chuckle, and I'm sure you can just find that skit itself on YouTube at this point if you don't want to watch the whole episode. But it was a good, a good episode overall. Sorry, you were going to talk about the game or something, and you said spoilers. Oh no, you to ask I, I, we can just talk about food. Eating.
1: Yeah, I'm fine. I, I don't really care about the two okay. teams, anyways. Well, I'm just salty because my team. I feel like oh, oh no, yeah I don't I won't talk about it.
0: <laughs> were there any good commercials? That's what I care about.
1: Uh, the, there's a movie called Cocaine Bear coming out. I saw that commercial.
0: Yeah, that movie looks and sweet. Then... I, I mean, it, okay, <laughs> it doesn't look that good, but it looks like something I'm gonna yeah. enjoy and love.
1: What other commercials were there? Uh,
0: what about Doritos? They do something big every year. I don't remember Doritos commercial at all. I don't think.
1: They probably had one. Mm. A lot of them were not memorable, honestly. Okay. Maybe because I wasn't so invested this year because of the teams that were playing. But yeah, I nothing really stuck with me. The halftime show was okay. John, did you watch? Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I did. I mean, uh, uh, on and off. Any like any? I mean, I didn't watch the entirety of it. Every second of it, but
0: sure. Cool. I was playing league. Well. The game was on. I'm not a football guy. So cool. Okay. Well, um dudes, let's talk ASOL. So uh for those who are not aware, um Aurelian soul was reworked. So if you just started playing League in the last week, then you don't know what happened what ASOL was before. But Lore stayed exactly the same. Visuals stayed the same as well, except for updating the visuals to accommodate the new abilities because they change. But other than that, the skins are the same, and people overall really seem to like the way that he looks, and I would agree with that. I think he looks sweet, and his skins are all quite good too. Um, but I'll just run through the abilities, and then we can kind of talk everything Asol here. So um, his new passive is Cosmic Creator. His Aurelian Soul's damaging abilities against enemies grant him stacks of this new currency called Stardust, which improve each of his abilities. It's not something you have to go pick up, like a Soul or a Thresh Soul or anything like that. It just appears in your hotbar that you now have Stardust. Uh, the amount of Stardust collected by each ability may vary by the target, so you can collect some from champions, you can collect some from epic, not from epic monsters or normal monsters or minions. And depending on what you hit and how you kill them or stuff like that, you can collect different amounts of them. Um, Each of the... Depending on how many uh, Stardusts you have... Oh, my God. Depending on how much Stardust you have, you enhance your other abilities. The Q, Breath of Light. uh, It deals extra bonus magic damage equal to a percentage of your Stardust stacks. And then the W, the Flight, the range is increased. The E... The outer and inner radius of it is larger, and the execution threshold increases as well, and then the R uh, effect radius increases as well. So, but all that doesn't mean all that much. Let's get into what the abilities are. So, the Breath of Light is his new Q. It used to be a big star that you could slowly, that you would, it would grow as you moved towards where you were going, and then it would detonate, dealing damage and stunning everyone caught within it. But now. This is Breath of Light. So no cast time. Flat cooldown of three seconds, which I don't even think uh, goes down with Ability Haste. I think it's a hard cooldown like a Q. Um And then the range of the ability increases with level. The mana cost also increases per, per ability level, and it goes, scales from 22.5 to 32.5 mana per half second. So this is a channel. And so Aurelian Soul charges for up to 3.25 seconds to exhale a beam of starfire, is what they're calling it, during which he can steer the beam in any target direction by moving your mouse. Think of Yumi-Q is the same thing there. Um, The beam collides with the first enemy hit, revealing them and dealing magic damage every eighth of a second, reduced to 50% for other surrounding enemies hit by the beam. And then it can be recast during the duration uh, to stop it, and the recast just stops it. At rank 5, the channel duration ends. So it used, it's normally like three seconds that you can channel it for, 3.25 seconds. Once you max this ability out, there is no max channel duration. So you can continually spray this ability for as long as you have the mana to do so. For each second that the beam is uh, continually damages the same enemy, it bursts to deal bonus magic damage and grants one stardust if the target is a champion. So if you're using it on an epic monster, a monster, or a minion, it does not give you any stardust. The damage based on the target's health ratio is capped again at 300 against monsters, so you can't do more than 300 in that burst. Um, and so how much damage does it do, you're thinking? Well, 3.75 to 11.25 based on level, plus uh, 7.5% AP. And then the bonus magic damage that it does for every second that you're hitting someone with it, uh, when you're hitting a target with the ability is 20 to 40 based on level plus 40 to 80 flat damage and an additional 40% AP and a small amount, uh, like 0.031% of your Stardust Stardust stacks. And that's the percentage of your target's maximum health as well. So it's, it's really hitting hard. Um. Yeah, I'll just read through all the abilities then, so buckle up. Here is Astral Flight. The second one is W. So this is just Aurelian Soul dashes in target direction. Can't be stopped by being in combat anymore. It just goes for as far as the distance is. Uh, the cooldown is 22, scaling down to 16. The mana is 80, scaling up to 100. A very short cast time, and the range is a flat 1,200, but it goes up by 7.5 units per Stardust stack. So as you accrue more stardust, your Q is doing more damage, and you can fly further overall uh, as the game goes on. Which the distance is not modified by the uh, level you put into this ability. So you're purely getting, um, or you're almost, you're almost the almost the only thing you're getting from leveling this ability is the cooldown. But you also get an additional damage modifier on Breath of Light. So when you're flying, you can use your Q, you can use your E. Uh, you can even use your R as well. But if you're using your Q, it does additional damage while you're flying. It goes 114 to 120% flat damage modifier. So it will increase the flat damage that the ability is doing. Um, yeah, while in flight, he has unobstructed vision, so he can see over all the walls. Just like if... Uh, I mean, I'm not even sure what... That'd be like um, Xerath ult in a way. Like you see up further above. Um that's the same way that you get to see. Breath of Light has no cooldown in the max channel duration, of, and its flat damage is increased. So you can use your Q for much longer, even if you don't have it maxed out while you're flying. Uh, while you're using your Q, though, your dash does slow down, and then he will be knocked off by any immobilizing CC. So if you slow him or damage him, it doesn't do anything. But if you were to stun, silence, I guess not silence, uh, root, or suppress or anything that would normally stop them from being able to move, this will also get cancelled and then he will stop. Additionally, if he scores a takedown within three seconds of damaging them, uh, then Astral Flight, this W abilities cooldown, will be reset for 90% of his total cooldown. Um, those are the first two. Then let's get into his E, Singularity. Very short cast time, 60 to 100 mana, scaling up with level, cooldown 12 to 10. Effect radius is a lot of math and square roots and stuff that I'm not going to read, but there's an inner circle and an outer circle as well. Um, So, basically, it does uh, a pulling effect, because it's like a dark hole, it's like a black hole. So, think Rel Ultimate does the same thing, the Magnet Storm. So... Enemies will get pulled towards the center of this black hole. And while they're in it, it does damage to them every 0.5 seconds. It grants sight of the area, and or it deals damage every 0.25 seconds as well. Um, the magic damage per tick is 2.5 to 7.5 plus 6.25% AP. Um, if you are in the middle and below 5% of your max health plus additional amounts with Stardust stacks then you were just immediately executed. So that's what the inner does. The inner doesn't do more inherent damage, it looks like. After Singularity ends, Aurelian Sol is granted Stardust for each continuous second that enemy champions were inside it, and a varying amount for enemies that died while within. So if champions and epic monsters die to the Singularity execution, he gets five Stardust. Same with epic monsters. Large, mon- large minions and monsters grant three. Small minions and monsters grant one. So he's able to get it from all those. And then finally, the ultimate. So the ultimate has two forms. There's a lot of reading here, folks. This is very 2023 champion. So it um, costs 100 mana. Cooldown is 120 scaling down to 100 seconds. There's no cast time. The target, the range is 1250, so it's pretty long. And um, Aurelian Soul calls down a star after 1.25 seconds, which deals magic damage to everyone, hit, and stuns them. It grants five... Uh, stardust for each enemy champion hit and the damage is 150 to 350 plus 65% AP. Once he learns this ability and gathers an additional 75 stardust after learning the ability the his ultimate is transformed into instead of the falling star into the skies descend. So the effect radius is increased he summons an enormous star to impact the target location after 2 seconds, so it takes longer to come down, but it deals 25% increased damage, and it knocks up enemies' hit for 1.25 seconds, not just stuns them. Then the empowered magic damage is one hundred seventy-five, 187.5, scaling up to 437.5 plus 81.25% AP, Upon impact, a massive shockwave is unleashed, which rapidly expands outwards from the impact location. Think of a shockwave after a crater hitting. Over three seconds, which deals magic damage and slows all enemy champions and epic monsters hit by 50% for one second and reveals them for 1.5 seconds. And the wave magic damage is 150 to 350 plus 60% AP. So that was a lot of reading. Essentially, He collects Stardust when he deals damage to champions. He can fly over terrain a fixed distance while using his W. He cannot turn while he's in the air. He has this Q which does continuous AoE damage uh, in an area that he... or not AoE, sorry, single target-ish damage when aimed at someone when he's channeling it. The E drops down and pulls people towards the center of the black hole and does damage. And then his ultimate sends down in an area stuns, deals damage collects Stardust from it, and then if it's empowered, it stuns, knocks up, deals damage, and then there's a wave that comes, deals more damage and slows people Whew. my throat's feeling a little sore, I need some water after all that, so um, I played some Aesol, Bomo, I know you were saying this is a champion that you might like to pick up, so why don't you run us through why Asol speaks
1: to you uh I think it kind of fits the what is it the parameters that I've been looking at for a champion. <clears throat> so builds roa which I think is really strong. Um Serifs I think is also really strong on him and he has a lot of zone control. Um his abilities are pretty s- Honestly they're pretty telegraphable where you you know where it's happening and there's slight delays um so like the ultimate right even though the cast time is instantaneous there's the effect of falling from the sky which takes a while so placing that is a skill shot in itself too um and i think the w has a lot of outplay potential um it 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 auto resets well it doesn't auto it resets your q cooldown right so you can q um onto specific champions or minions, and then you can W to have essentially no cooldown on the Q, and you're moving as you're using your Q, which is pretty good. Um, And then the E, it does drag the enemies to the center, but it's not too strong, and it takes a while to ramp up too, so that's another one. It's like a, it's an ability that you use to control specific terrain as well so i think it has a lot of battle mage and control mage type uh, archetypes for this champion and i've just been having pretty fun whenever i can play him i guess but he's always banned all the time right now but uh, i've been having a lot of fun playing him i've only played like five or six games on him but i think it it kind of feels every fills everything that I need. He feels like a pretty good lane bully too, in a sense. And he scales pretty hard. Um, but yeah, the lane bullying does take a lot of mana, I've noticed. So he he does run Oom pretty easily early on. But I guess that's kind of his weakness with his kit. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think... What I, I talk about the resource management all the time. So I think being able to manage his resources was um, pretty good too. And, yeah, I'm just excited to to play him more. Um, yeah, so I think this is going to be my third champion. We'll see in about 20-so games to see if he sticks. But as of right now, I think that's kind of where I'm leaning towards playing Aurelian Soul. I would say Soul is uh, pretty tight. I'm a fan. He
0: So you said he's banned a lot. He is currently banned in 55.7% of games on this patch since he came out. Mm-hmm and he his win rate's been dropping actually as people have been playing him more so he started out at like 52 now he's down to 49 Mm -hmm. um and he still picks 16 percent of the time so he's in three quarters of games whether he's banned or picked Mm -hmm. which is kind of wild that he's in that much that's pretty fucking crazy um his W definitely reminds me very, or sorry, the E reminds me a lot of, uh, like, terrain control battle mage. That's a good call out. It, sound, it reminds me a lot of Victor's W, the, the gravity storm or static storm yeah. or gravity shield. What is it called? Gravity. Uh, let me yeah, look. I don't know.
1: Gravity shield? That sounds right. <laughs> gravity.
0: Gravity, gravity field.
1: field. Okay, pretty close. One yeah, letter. It's two a
0: letters. Victor's thing doesn't do damage. Yeah. Um, John, what have been your impressions? You haven't played ASEL, but I know you've played with and against him. What have you seen in the champion? Yeah, I
2: mean he uh, he seems good to me. I mean, like I don't know. I it seems to me like his wave clear is pretty good early, even with uh kind of the mana problems that he has.
0: But uh, does he even have
2: mana yeah, problems? Really. Though, like we were not we were really.
0: bullshitting a little bit earlier, and not yeah, really he just. Uh,
2: I mean, he builds Seraphs, I believe, pretty commonly second now, so if he's building a theory, really, does don't have mana problems, but, yeah, I mean, I think there are a few parts of his kit that are pretty insane to me, uh, in my opinion, but, I don't know, I guess it kind of... Like what? Like what? So, like, I guess I understand the, the whole scaling thing, as far as his uh, abilities and stuff, like, with his passive, but... uh I don't know, it seems like some parts of it are a little too strong. I don't know. He just seems very strong. Like, I don't think his E should get bigger.
0: Agreed. Or the exit. like, for me also, I don't think the execute threshold should go up. Yeah, that seems just pretty, pretty crazy. Like, that already
2: makes it really easy for him to farm with. And then also, like... Not only that it makes it there's no uh, like prediction or you like understanding the execute threshold for the ability it just straight up shows you like Pygold. gold you know like there's no like it's as easy as it gets yeah you know there's nothing to really knowing the champion or what I don't know you know what i mean like for garen no, it doesn't do that you know what i mean but like why does it do it for a <laughs> brilliant soul e
0: Yeah, that would be nice, actually. That'd be a really good quality of life change to add it to Garen's ult. Because it's on, like, Cho'Gath ult. Yeah, it's li- Garen ult. I guess yeah. it's, not an, it's not an execute, but is it should it? be on I thought it is an execute. It does more damage based on your missing health, but it's not an execute. But then again, Cho'Gath ult isn't technically an execute either. It's just a big it hunk just, of Yeah, because I thought uh,
2: Garen ult does true damage.
0: It does magic damage, I believe. Let I me mean, look. Garen, Demasi and Justice. Oh, it is true damage. I apologize. It's the only ability in the game that's <laughs> like that that
2: doesn't have like a threshold thing. I've always thought that is a little. I I don't yeah. know. that was just my first impression, I guess, of Aurelian Souls. Like E is like, wh- like, why does it just make it super easy to do that? I guess on a basic ability, but. I mean, I don't know. What does it start at? 7.5%, I think, or is it 5? For the yeah. execute?
0: It starts at 5 of their max health, and then it goes up by 2.6% of Stardust stacks. So at 100 Stardust, which is not hard to get at all, you're getting executed at 7.6. And then at 200 Stardust, again, not that hard, 10%, a little over 10%. Yeah,
2: I think that they just need to nerf his passive just a little bit, or like make it, like the ratio is a little different, so like he has to get, I don't know, he just gets less benefit from his stacks, because it's easy, I don't know, I get that part of it is like you gotta hit the abilities, but like, I don't know, it's not like it's, yeah, it's not like that's gonna be, if you're hitting half of your stuff, you're gonna get
0: most of these benefits pretty easily you know yeah the it is too easy to pull off it feels like to me it needs i i feel like he needs to have a little bit more of you know the nitely factor where it's it's pretty hard to hit nitely spears consistently and you get huge payoffs when you hit them uh asol's swung too far the other way for me the the hitbox on the q is very generous as is everything with the e um there's no damage on the w and the r feels fine but they are very generous. The, I think the E should also slow less, is what I would say. I don't know. I think that there's definitely some balancing that has to happen with him, though. I agree with you. The, Yeah, the E has issues. I don't have any problems with the ultimate. I also don't have any problems with his W at all. Um, I agree with that. His R and W, I'm fine with. His W, it's like at
2: least he has to get 75 stacks, which... Like as you already said, it's not that hard to get. You know, any normal game you're gonna get 75 starter stacks with them.
0: Yeah, any nor. I mean, it's not. It doesn't take that long at all because you collect them so easily. Especially if you're using your E to execute minions with your Q, you'll get them, You'll get it pretty quickly. I uh, when I was playing, I had again. I was playing against bots, so I would. I was at an accelerated rate, but um, I got to 75 by the time I was, like, level 8. I was at, like, 100 by the time I was level 8-ish. So that was pretty fast, I will say, but probably I would guess you're getting 100 by, you know, uh, level 10, level 11, maybe? I don't know. Bomo, how fast do you getting so, Stardust when you're playing? So,
1: actually, the, the 75 Stardust um, for the ultimate, it resets after you cast it. So, so you right, so you need you need seventy-five just to get the ultimate to the skies descend. But once you use the skies descend, that <clears throat> you need another seventy-five Stardust to get it back again. So it's it's back to its normal ultimate. I don't know if that's clear or not.
0: Um, it, uh, sorry, I forgot to mention that. It does say <laughs> that in here. It does say that on the wiki, and it does say that as well on when you're playing him. But at the point once you use the skies descend once the empowered ultimate, mm-hmm. are you not able to collect enough stardust in the meantime before your next ultimate?
1: Generally, usually what I've at least the way I've played it, it's like every other ultimate. If you're farming side lanes pretty consistently, um, it's pretty hard to do it back to back in the uh, in the cooldown. Um, so I, I've been doing like every other, but it gets pretty close um, if you're doing a lot of. Um, skirmishing it definitely stacks up easier but if you're not fighting as much then um, you only get so much from a minion wave right so uh, a minion wave only gives you 6 stardust if you clear all of it inside the E so that's the only way to collect the the stardust from your E um, is just having champions sit there for a bit or killing minions inside of the E Um, and the Q doesn't get stardust on minions so you have to be hitting champions um, to collect stardust so it's it's kind of a weird thing where he's really easy to 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 clear the wave in roam but if you clearing the wave and you're caught mid roam then you have no abilities besides your q really and maybe your w but you can get knocked out of it too so it's kind of a it's a balancing game of do you want to stack stardust or be in a in a potentially more vulnerable position Um, but yeah if you're skirmishing and like on the outskirts of skirmishing then you can collect a lot more stardust because your q proc stardust for every empowered um q damage as well as them just standing in your uh e so the skirmishing for sure but if you're not skirmishing as much and playing around specific objectives then you definitely need two two rounds of ultimate to get the 75 stardust okay and, that makes yeah, me feel a little bit It better. doesn't roll over either. So as soon as you cast it, you need another seventy five. So it's not like you can bank up a whole bunch of Stardust to, to recast it again. It's as soon as you cast it, then you need a full seventy five Stardust to get it back up to the, the skies descend ultimate again.
0: No, yeah, well, uh sure. Does does the falling star feel underwhelming, the unempowered version?
1: Uh a little bit. But again, it's because it takes so long to get there. So a lot of it is planning where you place it. It's kind of like Leona ulti, but it's a little slower than Leona ulti. So you have to have it like right on the champion or kind of layer the CC almost with another champion. But if you're just throwing it out without anything, then most likely you're going to miss the the regular Falling Star Ultimate because people can just walk out of the circle when they see it.
0: I believe also it doesn't say anything on the wiki here but uh enemies can see the circle from the very beginning yeah as soon as you
1: cast it um, they'll see the the star falling and then they can move out of that circle so it's pretty telegraphed of where it's gonna land
2: okay john you were gonna say something there right oh i was just gonna what what have you been building on him like typically
1: uh, I've just been building Seraphs and I've been playing around with like Roa. I think, I, in my mind, I'm thinking Andrews might be really good on him because of the the burn and the the damage over time ticks. So I think Andrews might be pretty good, but I've just been sticking with a single build just learning the kit because um, <laughs> there are times where you f- you think you can w in, but then all of a sudden you just die, <laughs> right? So it's kind of a, a weird balance of just figuring out the limits of the champions. So I've kind of been sticking with the roa uh, into serif type build and then i've been going demonic i don't know if that's the right build but i've been kind of going like Leandry,
0: the or not not sorry not Leandries, right oh yeah for that's the slows yeah. really
1: good um I, but yeah i've been going like those hp ap items that are like ap bruisers and then just going demonic too so demonic rivalized roa serif type of situation and feels pretty good Um, as long as you don't die early Um, i went against aurelion soul and he definitely feels easy to lane against as yone Um, i think if you get on him that's the the easiest part It's just if you're getting on him then it's pretty hard for him to get out and you can knock him out of his w and stuff but yeah in general the the trick with aurelion soul is making him burn his w because it uses a lot of mana so level one it's 80 mana so it's kind of the the same vein of like Corki and Azir where you want to burn their dash in lane so they don't have a lot of mana to use. Um, and that's kind of what I've sort of been figuring out. I think the really good Aurelian Souls will hold on to their W a lot of the times um, in laning phase so they don't run out of mana. Um.
0: Okay. Um, what, uh as playing against or... So what other champions do you think do well against Aurelion Sol in lane?
1: Any kind of CC. I can see him being really weak to, like... So he's a mid laner, right? So he's pretty susceptible to jungle ganks. I think Vi is going to be really good. Sejuani is going to be really good into him. Um, I honestly had really no issues laning against him as Yone. So those melee type Talon might be really good against him too.
2: I bet you Fizz um, would be pretty good against him.
1: Yeah, Fizz. So those types of champions. Especially with Fizz, you can time your ultimate. So he gets knocked out of his W and he can't really do anything. Um, so yeah, just, just champions who can easily get on. I think Mage, Mage versus Mage, it's pretty even. Um, both Majors just kind of scale. Um, but a lot of the the melee champions with dashes have an easy time of dealing with him.
0: yeah he uh yeah i have a i have a sneaky pocket or not i guess not pocket pick but i i played a game against him where he was just tearing up our bot side and our mid laner our mid laner was playing i want to say lux and lux couldn't do much against him at Mm -hmm. all um but our top laner was cho gath and cho i think if you play him in mid lane would be a Great counter pick because when he's using his Q, he's stationary. So you just throw the Q down, and he has to—he really can't walk away because he's gonna stop canceling Q and then get out of the way. That thing already comes up really Mm -hmm. fast. So free Q, walk up W, and then he can't get away. He can't do anything there. Chomp AP Cho'Gath, boom. Yeah, that's my—that's my pocket counter. I think
1: also you can knock him out of his W with your silence. Yeah, it looks like it. Um, so I think I think you can do that, but <clears throat> yeah, I think I think there are good answers to him in general, um, but yeah, the, being stationary and doing being like a a flamethrower I think is pretty unique. I don't know if there's a lot of champions that have that type of ability, right, where you're either stationary or you have to use two abilities to be mobile but use the ability. Maybe Zareth ultimate, but that's the only like Yeah. Jhin, maybe Jin. And
0: yeah. o- and Bomo, do you remember old Zereth before with his old W, where it would uh, instead of having the orb come down, I don't remember what his E was, but the basically he would go stationary and turn into like a mage turret with his W. Oh yeah, yeah, and you yeah. You would get increased range and increased mana regen, mm-hmm. but you were immobile. You had to cancel. It was the like w a toggle, right, where
1: you move. could like toggle into like a turret mode almost.
0: Yeah, exactly, and I mean it had a cooldown, but it, once you used it, I think there were a few seconds where you couldn't untoggle mm-hmm. it, to my memory. But yeah, that's that's the only one I can think, and just like you said, Zarathold right now, that's the only one I can think that you're forcibly stationary to do yeah. something. Yeah, and his Q I found surprisingly long range.
1: Yeah, it scales it, I with feel like level the range two. Needs
0: to go down a little bit. So it's
1: seven hundred and fifty, right? So it's longer than Caitlyn's auto. So it's pretty good, and it goes up to 920. So the range actually gets really, really large. As it's the first max, anyways, and you're actually getting a lot of range off the Q. It feels pretty good, especially with uh, being able to kite with Rylai's. So right, you build Rylai's, and then you're in a fight, and you just W away, and you're just slowly gliding away and hitting Qs on them, and they're chasing, you, and they can't do anything. So stuff like that. Feels and you pretty throw good. down an
0: E as well, yeah. and then you can Q and exactly it. Oh i think there was so much there note. was
1: a bug where he could cast every ability in flight but i don't know if that's intended or not um so right you can you can use your q for sure in the flight and i think you can use
0: e you can use e i did it yesterday yeah. i don't know if you can use ult i didn't try
2: yeah you can hit him with the fire but, breathing um, fade away
1: yeah right <laughs> yeah which is really cool to see, and I think the resets it are pretty good too. Because it it makes you want to play up, right? To kind of get those resets on the W, um, and you can kind of keep chasing. But yeah, I'm a fan. So,
0: John, if you were facing an Aurelion Sol on the other side, what uh, I guess all of this being context agnostic, what sort of jungler would you try to be picking if you have to focus on mid lane?
2: Yeah, so I guess
0: I've actually it? like. I mean, I've had that experience
2: several times now. Like, uh, I mean, J4, I just, you know, do my thing, and it just really screws him over. I mean, EQ or your ult just really ruins him. Uh, I've played Rengar, Jungle into Aesol, and I was, I mean, the one game I can remember that matchup, I mean, I was really fed, and I had Duskblade, Essence Reaver IE, and I was just, like, Duskblade proc, auto-queue, you know, full combo, and it just murders him instantly, so... I don't know, I mean, I don't like, when he gets super ahead in lane, I mean, he just smashes lane, it seems like, and he's pretty annoying, because he can affect the, uh, he can roam and affect the rest of the map very easily. And then, also, like you were, y'all were saying, the, uh, cooldown is... That's pretty insane in, in team fights. I mean, if he gets a few resets, it's... If he gets a takedown, he will be able to use his W multiple times. So it's really hard to to catch him when he's doing that. So I don't know. I mean, I want to give it a go. It looks really fun. I mean, I like the rework and what they've done with it. I think it's a lot better than what it was before. I mean, I don't know. He was just a very niche, not really... I don't know. This is just my personal opinion, but he wasn't very fun to play. Like
0: in my opinion, he so, wasn't. He wasn't even fun to play against either. It was like, yeah, what is this? Like, what, what am is I this facing here? Of a
2: character, like, I don't know. But yeah, I like what they've done with him for sure. And I think this is a a fresh, um, a fresh like look for him in general. Just makes sense with his kit. Everything looks good. The abilities. I think I'm pretty creative. I think his whole just like kid is, and everything about him visually is pretty creative, so everything fits together. So, overall, I mean, I think it looks, they did a good job. Definitely a little overtuned, in my opinion, but I think that they'll take care of that with time. But overall, I think it looks really fun. I still want to give it a go.
0: Yeah, I'd like to play it in a Norms game as well. I've only played it in bots just so I could see how the damage would ramp and everything would be if you get ahead and and shit like that. Yeah. Um. Okay, so then pairing with Asol, uh, I mean Bomo as an Asol player, what would you want built around you? Because he's a carry champion, so no to no ifs, ands, or buts about that. What would you sort of want to be paired around you to succeed? I think
1: front to back is really good, um, with Asols. Kit, so i i found pretty good success with the actually the champions that counter him like vi and sejuani i feel like are pretty good uh, on his team as well um you just you just want to create a lot of space right between you and whoever you're killing because your range is so long um you can do a lot of damage from the outside um so i think i think looking for for tanks or bruisers really in the jungle and top side bot side doesn't matter too much um whatever is meta i guess but yeah i think the bot lane is pretty irrelevant because it's like right you're playing almost like a a scaling mage like victor and whatnot so um you you just have tools to to poke them down from further away than a lot of other champions do and you can control a lot of areas with a lot of his abilities so just having the champions back you up when you're contesting those choke points on the map with like beefier guys who can frontline for you, you can just stand still and stationary and just kind of hit them with your Q. A lot of disengage, I think, is really good too.
2: Yeah, for sure. Someone who can give him some peel. Mm-hmm. But I feel like also like when I've in my experience with playing with Ace all on my team, seems like he just smash. Like I just have prior, uh, priority permanently. It seems like. Like, I just always have priority, because he can instantly clear wave, and then be wherever. I mean, it's like, and it doesn't cost him too much resources. So, that's super nice from a jungler's perspective, too, because he can, even if he is scaling, he, like, just has priority, or can get priority very easily. Um, And it just seems like he wins lane a lot,
0: I don't know. It definitely seemed like he had lots of prio against most anything that was in the game. And, yeah. just uh, instantly be he, there
2: with his W, too. Like, he's just instantly there and always has priority. So, it's usually you have, like, a numbers advantage, I've found. This, I mean, it's just anecdotally, but in my little experience, that's what it's felt like when he's on my team.
0: Yeah, he seems, in a way, like he's he's kind of a more uh, user-friendly version of rise is how i've felt cuz i had a rise on my team against asol and they felt like they were functioning very similarly although rise has higher burst potential but has to get up closer for it um and does have larger it does have some better wave clear in general too although not level 1 but he definitely they felt like they functioned pretty similarly they're both battle mages though, so that makes sense.
1: Yeah,
2: but uh yeah. Bomo to your point of like what to build on him. I meant to mention this too. I from what I'm seeing here, it's uh like you're saying Rat of Ages, but uh Leandri's too is pretty popular. Like the win rate on it is very good too. But uh I would definitely give that a whirl.
1: If you haven't Yeah, it just seems like his kit meshes really well with Leandri's, right? You can apply a tick with E, you know, if they get stuck on there, it just keeps ticking the Leandries and same with Q. So all the bonus damage and the burn on top I think would be really good. Um but I I, I really like the mana and health stacking. Um but maybe maybe Rod of ages just doesn't isn't necessary. You could go like Liandries into Seraphs, um into some tankier items. Maybe maybe it's a kind of a a two item mage and he just builds full tank afterwards or something like that that could be pretty interesting too
2: seeing like one thing and i think this is kind of interesting this is a um like a decent sample size too is uh starting tier in two pods mm-hmm. going Leandri's, then Ryli's, and then i guess whenever you get the upgrade for your tier getting uh archangels
1: I can see that, too, yeah. Seems,
2: I think just would be super good on him, honestly.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the slow is really good because it procs on the Q, right? Um, and as you're Wing away and queuing them, then it's almost impossible for them to catch up, and you can place an E down, too. Yeah. yeah I think Rylize is... What do you
0: guys... What do you think about uh, Luden's on him? Because with the Q, you could... Con- you could- proc probably two Ludens in a, like a single normal Q. Because as I'm just reading Ludens, dealing ability damage to champions reduces the items, the active cooldown, and I think it's like 12 seconds already. Mm-hmm. So what do you think about that, potentially?
1: Uh, So with the Mythic Passive of Ludens is more Magic Pen, is that what it is?
0: Yeah. I believe yeah, so. Is. I'm looking it up right now. Yes. Okay. Five Magic Pen per additional item. I mean,
1: do, do you need Magic Pen if you're doing percent max health?
0: Never hurts to have I it. So, but what I'm yeah. seeing
2: here is it says, just in terms of mythic, this is just mythic items on him. Like, the best performing items are Rodavagas, Landry's, Ludens. Rodavagas has the highest sample size, and it's picked the most often. It has almost 52% win rate. Landry's is second as far as pick rate, and it has almost a 53% win rate. And then Ludens is third. It's like 52.7. So, also, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what situation you would build. I guess when they're just really squishy. But,
0: or they have a lot of upfront burst and you're not going to get it all off. You know, it almost. honestly
2: would be kind of nice too because you get the uh, move speed on Lins would be nice on him too. And the ability haste. is always yeah. nice.
0: Yeah. And so, I'm reading. So dealing ability damage against champions reduces the cooldown of it of the active, but it only increases it by so it's cooldown by 0.5 seconds per champion up to a maximum of 3 seconds per cast. So you could get 3 seconds if you hit multiple champions with it. But if you don't hit on, if you only hit one champion you're only reducing it by half a second. Granted, it has a 10 second cooldown. So it's not that big of a deal, but I think that that would be a strong contender um, when eventually Roa gets nerfed. Because it's going it's to happen, folks. There's no way that it's not. It's defining the mage meta yeah. right now.
2: I mean, I don't know, man.
0: Before they do anything, please just fix Udyr. Please. Udir's on the chopping block for next patch. Thank you. I... I saw it on uh, the Jarvan Main subreddit. I will try and find that so we can see what it was.
2: Just like I'm just so tired of seeing it. I really am. They just Halo Blades cheesy.
0: I think they're using the other one. The other the the tank is what they're yeah. Well, the demonic one. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Yeah. uh. Udir getting nerfed. Doesn't say how. There's a lot of... Pa- oh my god, there's a lot of... There awesome are... Oh so my god, I'm like pro-
2: just looking at his, like, uh... Like, mythic items on <laughs> Across the everything, floor, everything is right? so good on him. Literally everything. That's actually insane. Yeah. So, so like, sh- like who's building Stridebreaker on him. him? Like, who has built... Like... Nine hundred times people have I've built tribreaker see- on this badge. Like what? I could see that. I mean, that's just uh, he can just build literally just wildly different items and succeed.
0: I think that's funny. Yeah, the problem. Obviously, if he's able to Eric- build anything and Eric- succeed, the champion is over. Gale Force has a fifty-three
2: percent win rate on on Tier man. <laughs> Something, something's wrong. Something seriously wrong.
0: Gale Force on Udir. Oh my god, that'd be so evil. Yeah. I mean,
2: I don't know. It's so frustrating to play against, but yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if he's next up on the chopping, chopping block.
0: Is he? Well, he is. So here's all the changes provisional. Like, this is, uh, as of two hours ago, I saw this got posted on the Jarvan main subreddit. Um, I got a notification about it because everyone was upset because Jarvan's getting nerfed, but, um, there's a lot of changes. So again, this is like gonna drop in uh nine days if this all goes through, and we don't even know what numbers. But buffs are Vigar, Chogath, Alistair, uh Ari, Malphite, Kennen, Viego, Aphelios, Senna, Riven, Oriana, Nerfs, Samira, Jax, Maokai, Elise, Amumu, Udir, Anivia, Azir, Jarvan follow-up specifically. Champion adjustments, Thresh, Max Order. System buffs, Relic Shield, and Steel Shoulder Guards. System nerfs, Spell Thief's Edge, spell, Spectral Sickle. Kill experience, Kill Comeback experience, Treasure Hunter. Demonic Embrace Clear Speed. System adjustments, Jungle Sustain slash Clear Speed. Triumph slash Grasp slash Doran Shield. That's, That's a, a lot. lot. I'm, okay. I. But it sounds like they're nerfing Demonic in indirectly or they're nerfing it for its clear speed Thank which you. will hurt some of Udir's build paths. I want you to gut him. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds good to me. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I feel bad playing I feel bad playing Udyr cuz it's like I don't I don't enjoy playing something that's clearly broken. I just don't. I'm sorry. And and Udyr is clearly broken. Same with Maokai. That's why I've played him like once, Literally done it once. Uh and I just don't, I don't want to. I enjoy playing things that are like balanced or even underpowered unless you know what you're doing with it. So It's actually
2: pretty good that I've played a little bit. Who just feels really good to me is Echo.
0: I was going to say Soraka Jungle, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> no,
2: Echo feels great, I think.
0: What's his win rate? Let's see. Echo, I think it's pretty high. Uh, 50.65. He's picked in 8% of games. I didn't know he was that popular. I think
2: he is just a pretty popular champ.
0: Thanks, arcane. (laughs) Makes sense. He still has a... He still has... So, between mid and top, though, or uh, mid and jungle, he's in 10% of games. I didn't realize that. Hmm. Okay. Um... Anything else that we want to talk about? Oh, guys, have you seen, like, what do you guys think of uh, the Aurelian Soul? like, how they've changed it so the visuals to look, because obviously the lore hasn't changed, but visually, how do the new abilities look to you? I think they look yeah, sick. They
2: look, I mean, as far as the aesthetic spot on, I think it looks awesome.
0: Bomo, you think so as well? They nailed it. Yeah, I, th-
1: I think all of the, the effects look really cool. Um, and it's like, Cool, but they're also pretty clear, right? Um, I think that's kind of the biggest thing is clarity while also looking cool. Um, so I'm a fan of the rework.
0: Agreed, they all definitely stand out across the different skins as well. He doesn't have very many skins, but they all stand out. But I also think that now he'll get more skins because he'll be more popular, so they'll sell more money, they'll sell more to get more money for Riot, but also there's not as much to program because they don't have to program these stars interacting with everything like they had to before on the passive of his, passive of his old W. So now they can actually make skins easier for him. And I think that's great.
1: And he actually feels like a, a celestial god now, <laughs> where before it didn't really feel like it, but now the the way his kit works, it, it definitely feels really good in, in line with like his lore and stuff.
0: Yeah. Being fun to play. Which if you're in... If you agreed, yes, very fun to play. And if you're interested in Runeterra lore at all League of Legends lore, read uh, stuff about Aurelian Soul, Watch Necrit like, videos on Aurelian Soul and his interactions and stuff. He's... Also, his voice lines are dark now because they updated his voice lines. They're dark. It's, uh... He's a dark character, but very cool. Very, very cool. And he created the world, so it's just sweet to see. So... It's the closest that people can come to playing, literally playing God. But, uh, yeah. All right, so that's Soul. Um We talked about him a little longer than I thought we would have. So let's talk about Jarvan real quick, guys. So Jarvan, we did not include him in last week's patch notes. It wasn't in the provisional notes. They removed it, but then they decided to add it back in. Um, but basically, he got, his armor went up by two, his W shield duration went down by one second at all ranks. The shield cooldown went down as well by one second at all ranks and the, but the shield strength, uh, went up because it now has a plus 70% bonus AD ratio. So building AD now increases the size of the shield and it lasts for four seconds still. So it lasts a while. Um, there's a reason, I mean, that that alone jumped his win rate up from being 40, I mean, let me look at what it was, so 13.1, he had a 48.14% win rate, he felt a little bit better than that, I'd put him at like 49, i put him at like 50 for people to know what they're doing, and his pick rate was 2%, now his pick rate is 7.8, and he went to 52.62, so he jumped up by 4.5 percentage points, that's a huge jump, and he's still not even getting banned either. That's a huge jump in win rate, John. You were talking about it before. Like, how do you think that these buffs feel? For for who? Oh Jarvan. yeah, for, Jar-
2: I mean, it feels really good. The games I've played of him, he feels insane. Like his W went from being, like in my opinion, one of the worst Trash. abilities in the game. Just unimpactful. Feels terrible to use. I mean, the slow was literally the main thing for it for me to feeling great like it actually feels impactful the shield feels useful you can actually see it now you know but yeah i mean it feels great overall i think he might be a little overtuned, but i mean it's really fun
0: yeah they're nerfing him next patch so that makes sense uh I didn't know this. The slow scaled with ability level. I was not aware of this. I thought it was always like a flat 30%. I didn't know that either. I just know that it's slow. I, I, yeah, and I apologize. It's 80% bonus AD, not 70% bonus AD. Yeah, but he... I will agree. He feels better. I don't think it feels as crazy as before, though. But I also played a lot of Jarvan before, so I, I, I haven't noticed that much of a difference. I think I'm suffering from not noticing that because i'm too in the trenches with it but it doesn't feel as insane as i thought it would yes it feels a lot better and it feels better lethality benefited the most in my opinion i mean it, it just did because shield strength went up and it's bonus ad so like building full ad gets the most benefit out of it um and now you have the survivability more which is what you were lacking when you're playing full uh full damage jarvan but I will say, Bruiser also still feels good, because you, for some reason, Bruiser items give a shitload of AD as well. So, my build that I've been going, and I'd love to hear your guys' thoughts on this, is to go, if I'm not going Lethality, I'm going Gore Drinker, Sterics, Zonyas third. And the game's usually over by the time I get But like, Just because that, the extra armor, always great. Mana, okay, cool, mana, whatever. Uh, or I guess not mana, sorry, AP, which doesn't do anything for his Q or his passive or his R or the W, but the E has an 80% AP ratio, but also then the perma stasis. So you can dive in, do a bunch of damage, stasis, and then dive back out, hopefully, or just your t- there's a couple extra seconds where people then have to refocus you uh, while your team is doing shit. So the build that I've been going on, him that I feel like just slaps
2: and I've also been going this on Lee soon, is uh, Gore Drinker, Black Cleaver. Like, Black Cleaver feels really good to me. And I think that it's good on him as well, because it gives you, like you were saying, it actually, because they buffed it last patch, it gives you a good bit of AD, health, and ability haste, which J4 always loves. And then he can get, he can yep. apply the passive pretty well. Like, if he EQs, you know, three people you know he's already getting a bit of benefit from it but i don't know i think that even like going gore drinker
0: are you running are you running conqueror when you're playing him
2: yeah typically okay but
0: yeah i think going
2: i don't know i haven't used Sterex that much but i don't know i just feel like it's not that great still i would almost venture to rather go like gore drinker Black Cleaver, and then build Stopwatch, and then start building Zonya's third. But, I don't know, I'm just kind of a fan of Black Cleaver, too. Like, on Blason and
0: Wukong, I've been enjoying that item, too. So, I definitely get what you're saying. The reason I think Sterix is be- uniquely better on him than on basically than most other champs is he gets bonus AD equal to 50% of his base. And I think Jarvan has a pretty high base AD ratio. Uh, Jarvan's AD, like base AD goes from uh, 64 to 121. So you're getting an extra, like, okay, realistically, you're probably getting another like 40 bonus AD that counts from just from your base when you build Sterics. And, that's giving you that goes directly to the uh, the shield strength now with your W. It feels like an overkill of shields to me. That may not be more valuable though, having the Sterics and all that, than the actual AD that you get from Black Cleaver, because Black Cleaver will give you more AD early on, up until. You know, like, level 17, if you were to go sterics gate. The other thing I like is the ability but, uh, haste, which I feel like is yeah. good on J4. Yeah, that's 30 ability haste. That's insane that's on Black Cleaver. Yeah, and his cooldowns are, like, 8 seconds. On uh, So his Q goes from 10 to 6, his flag goes from 12 to 10... And the W is 8 seconds all the time, and his ult goes from 120 to 90, Um, so you have that all the time, basically later on once you reach level 16, but even... This is an ability that you kind of use on cooldown, because it's so impactful as an ultimate. Yeah. I just wish that they would make it so that the damage is unavoidable if you flash or dash away or something like that. Just, they don't have to stay inside the pit, make the damage unavoidable. Make it instant. Yeah, or just even if it has a delay, or I don't even know how they would do how they would actually make it for the code, but maybe I don't know exactly how they would do it, but make the damage instant. His eight, I didn't realize that it was so high, but his ultimate has a hundred and eighty percent bonus AD ratio. Yeah, that's why his
2: team, when he goes Lord. full
0: lethality, that, that shit just dunks on people. Yeah. And his Q has 140. Holy like, shit. Have you ever tried Duskblade? J4?
2: I mean, I, have. I feel like that should I have. just... I like to yeah, just I like EQR, it. just one shot people.
0: Yep. I like it. And now with Eclipse being generally worse than it was before, it's probably a better Lethality Mythic to go. But if I still wouldn't build that first. I like to go uh, Umbral Glaive and I don't run, the recommended runes have, you know, Conqueror or Lethal Tempo, whatever you prefer. I prefer Lethal Tempo basically always, but it's a stylistic preference. Uh, secondary Tree, I don't go Inspiration, I go Zombie Ward, Relentless Hunter. So, then especially paired with Umbral Glaive, you get such high vision score as well, because the flag gives so much vision as well. You're just denying vision everywhere and giving vision to your team.
2: I feel like I
1: it's yeah, absurd. I've
0: never tried that. I'll have to give that a whirl sometime. I feel like Eclipse would be
2: super good on them, though, even with the changes to it, because, I don't know, I feel like I never have, and this is just, like, my personal preference playing J4, like, I feel like I never have issues with attack speed, because of his E. So I, I like building just f- as much damage as possible on him, and then, I like, I like the move speed from Eclipse, too, for him, I guess. And the ability haste is nice now, but since it does give ability haste, it's like not something unique to Duskblade.
0: Yeah, and the shield as well. Because if you're not able to kill them, then Duskblade loses a lot of its value. And the mythic passive for him is arguably worse than Eclipse. Um, I wouldn't take Prowler's Claw on Jarvan. It does suck that Eclipse gives less lethality, but uh it it is still i would say it's better just cuz it gives you percent max health shield as well and you have you get a bunch of shield you get a bunch of health from it and then yeah i don't know that it's a, it can be a pretty fat shield I feel like with eclipse yeah if you could, if
2: you did eclipse and combine that with the green jungle item and then his w i mean you're going to have some fat shields
0: for sure yeah and if you're playing with an orn on your team, Syzygy is one of the best Mythics. Or uh, one of the best orn upgrades, to my knowledge, as well. The Eclipse upgrade. So. Yeah. There's a lot of... I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can play Jarvan. You can even go... Uh, I mean, you can play him support. You could also just play him full tank. And that's totally fine. Playing Radiant Virtue, you can go, like, First Strike if you want. And go, like, the Malrang tech. You can... Uh, do whatever you want with him. He's so versatile to be able to play, but I would say try to steer more towards AD now because tank is going to be just as bad as it was before. And especially now that he's going to get nerfed, tank is going to be worse now, or it's going to be worse afterwards than it was in thirteen one. So try to just work in some uh some AD there. What I, Actually, what I'm thinking now would be good is... Umbroglave into Eclipse into Sterics. That sounds good.
2: Yeah, that sounds pretty annoying. Because then yeah. you're getting
0: the shield. Oh, wait. Would that? Does this count as a lifeline shield? What? No. Does Eclipse, does Eclipse shield count as a lifeline? Okay, because so. then you get your shield, Eclipse shield, and Sterics shield. That would be pretty insane. You should I'll try have that. to look, but I don't think it. I don't think it does. Yeah, I'll try that. Maybe we'll play afterwards. Fenrir messaged me and asked if we wanted to play after we're done. But uh yeah, so okay. That's really all I wanted to talk about with Jarvin. Um Bomo, you have anything you want to add about Jarvin? No. Are you picking him up in mid lane? <laughs> no, I
1: actually haven't seen a Jarvin <laughs> since this patch, so I'll keep playing to Uh-oh. see if I encounter him, but I haven't played any games with or against Jarvin.
0: He, yeah, he's in about 7% a game, so not crazy high. But yeah, so. Okay. Um, I guess with that, we will wrap it up for this episode of the Trinity Force podcast. Um, as I said at the beginning, we are looking for an additional host, so if you're interested in that, rewind to the beginning of this episode and then listen to those instructions that I gave earlier. But other than that, we have community nights every Tuesday starting at. 7 uh 715 eastern and they run for several hours and they're a lot of fun we get custom matches going sometimes if there's no people that hop in so come join us for those if you have any feedback please send that to questions at trinityforcepodcast.com or post in the feedback thread of the discord and uh, at one of us if you have anything specific you want to say we appreciate hearing back from all of our listeners in the community that we provide And check out our Patreon. If you're interested in any of the benefits that we offer, then go ahead and sign up for those. They're great. Other than that, thank you for tuning in, everyone. And uh, we will see you next time for 7.98. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to our product and being a member of the Trinity Force Network community. If you have a moment, please head over to iTunes and give your favorite show a comment and a rating. If you're so inclined, you can check out all of the other great shows in the network. We've got a wide variety of content from League of Legends to general gaming and role-playing podcasts. If you'd like to follow us on social media, we can be found in Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit under T-Force Network. We've also got a Patreon under that name where you can support your favorite shows with a small donation each month. Thanks again for listening, and we hope you continue to enjoy all of our podcasts, videos, and the community that we've provided.